Welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. This is Orlando, and we're in episode 185, and this is a live episode. That's right. I love live episodes. On, on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it's, and, and this is how frantic, not frantic, but like we came in and like, we're like trying to send out an informational like story that we're, hey, we're going live. And like, I'm trying to like hit us to go live. Like, so this is all like super organic, which we always are, but uh, we're, we're really excited for this. It's been an interesting day. I mean, if you notice, usually we have like another post on Instagram by now, but I've been busy. Mike's been busy. Hey, appreciate everybody who's here. You're listening to the podcast. We are going live. And so we're going to be doing some Q&A. Uh, let's see who's in the feed real quick right now. We have uh, Mary Quinn. Hey, how's it going? Greg Stewart from Colorado. What's going on? Rocky Mountain Resellers, Anaheim Buy, Sell, Trade. How are you? Try Flippers, Melissa. Oh, Plates, uh, McDonald's Millionaire. What's going on? Uh, and see who else. Blackberry Thistle T, always here with us. K-Way Shop, what's going on, Wayne? How are you? Larry Sanchez. Hey, appreciate all of you on the comment feed and yeah. just being here watching us live because, you know, you could be doing things a little better than I don't know. Is there something better than watching our podcast right now? We I don't want to say that. That's terrible marketing. <laughs> it is. It is. Hey, yeah. but we we keep it real. We right? got Blackberry Thistle Tea saying uh, super organic is fresh. Yeah, we should just say fresh. We're not organic. We're just fresh. Be real. Be relevant. Be fresh. Yeah. Well, we got to be reselling. Oh, that, that is true. That is true. We don't drop that line. Hey, so we're doing an update episode, which is kind of crazy. I think about like how often can you do an update episode in a week? Because we just had one on Wednesday. Yeah, every day. We, do you think we do one every day? Uh, maybe not. It would I, I don't get, know. It'd be really boring. Maybe maybe they wouldn't be hour and a half long episodes if we did them every day. I've contemplated doing 365 days of reselling starting January 1. Mm, like, like dropping a YouTube like every single day for 365 days. Yeah, that's such a big commitment though because then you miss one and then it's like total failure. You know, you, I feel like it's a really high bar to set, but you know, that's the kind of stuff. That's how you 10x, right? That's how you. Uh, I, I don't know. Do I don't know. I, I I think it. I think it'd be interesting. I I don't know, except for the days where like nothing happens. So, hey, thank you all for joining. So we got a lot to talk about today, which is kind of interesting because you wouldn't think, like reselling, like you would think things would be like kind of steady from Wednesday mm. and it's Sunday, but there's been some changes. So, hey, real somebody has a quick question about the fires. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Anaheim Buy Sell Trade. Yeah, if you have questions, let us know on the feed. So, how are the, how are things here? Yeah, I mean it's good. Um, we I was super impressed with uh, the first responders out here. Um, I've never I've, I've lived in California my whole life, and I lived in the desert before this, and so fires are just like a normal part of life in some ways. But I've never seen such a just an all out assault on the fires. Like we had so many departments, we had the Navy brought in uh, helicopters. We had so many different agencies brought in helicopters. Uh, it was, it was like an aerial assault on top of the, the firefighters who were working tirelessly. Yeah. So I'm really impressed with just the way all these different agencies and departments came together. Uh, they took it seriously and we are all safe. I mean, there were unfortunately people who lost property, um, but I don't think anybody lost their life. And so, you know, it's one of those things where it could have been much worse. So uh, we're, we're happy to be through with that. And hopefully fire season isn't too bad for us out here in California. And I know some of you resellers are, you know, maybe East coast and you're dealing with the hurricanes right now. And uh, you know, it's just, it's devastating when that kind of stuff comes, but uh, you know, we in some ways, if you live in those areas, you're kind of just used to it and you just keep hustling and moving through. 
<laughs> Except the air quality. It's kind of interesting. I've never lived my entire life where I had to like look at the air quality and go, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go hiking today. That, that's kind of a weird one for me. So, all right. But hey, we're not here to talk about the weather. Uh, so I know some questions about Q4. So we'll talk about Q4 in a little bit because actually there is one of our reseller topics that deals with Q4. But uh, so uh, how things been? Yeah, I mean, pretty good. I'm actually kind of excited because there are going to be some super fresh updates on this episode. Is uh, fresh the word of the podcast? It's, it's, this is a fresh podcast. Okay. So we're 185 fresh. Um, All right. So one of the cool things is my auction listings are going to be ending during this live. And so we'll see live as they come in, are any of these things going to sell? We already, I already have one. I only um, listed five items just to kind of test out the water, see how things went. Uh, and uh, one of them already has a, a bid. So we'll see how that goes, you know? Um, so at least one item is going to sell, uh, but I, hopefully that, that price goes up and some of those other things get those last minute bids. So uh, we will know live on oh, air right. be what's selling through our auction experiment. And uh, at least one of the items, a big item I wanted to go has a bid. So um, I think I'm going to continue. I think next week I'll I'll jump from five to 10 and just keep this going. And unless it gets out of control and it's just wasting time. But I think if I can get rid of some of the bigger things in my inventory, it'll be nice. All right. So I am anti-auction if you didn't hear our last podcast, mm-hmm. because one out of 101 items, again, I will, to be fair, I may be listed too high. So, hey, we want to thank Frank woo, woo, woo. Zaragoza for the Super Chat $10. He said, you don't say buttons anymore. No, buttons. Yeah, he says you've been cured. That's right. You know, I've learned how to say so many words as a result of this podcast correctly. And that's the thing too. Um, communication in any way, like speaking in front of students, they'll call you out if you say something too much. Like if you're saying like too much, like, 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 like. Uh, well, actually people on the podcast will too. Well, no, for sure. And so uh, being, I think heinous, heinous was a big word ooh, two podcasts yeah. ago where somebody counted that we said heinous like a hundred times. Yeah, and I might've even said heinous, which isn't something I say very often, but you know. When you're when you're when you're talking, you you run out of things to say. There's only so many words. Somebody's asking about the diet. Do it. It's here. It's here. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying to keep my energy flowing this morning. So yeah. this morning, this evening, whatever you want to call it. Hey, Melissa. Oh, I had a question about my inventory. So I'll, I'll talk about that as far as part of my uh, update. So my my inventory is pretty organized. I it's already was organized. I just had some issues where. You know, things were just misplaced. And and here's the thing. I'm listing faster than I'm organizing. And you're wondering, how does that happen? So the way that it happens is maybe I think my processes are not where they need to be. I'm looking at these Uber Jets. Okay. All right. Mila Fines. Hey, thanks so much. And I appreciate our West Coast people. They, oh, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, so, thank you so much. So, so thank the, you for all the content, book reviews, and bolos. Yeah, book reviews. And I'm glad you guys are liking the book reviews because uh, that was one of those things we weren't sure about. And uh, I think, I think you know, if you can pull one or two nuggets from each book and it impacts your life, it impacts your reselling, it is definitely worth it. So if you're not, if you haven't listened to those yet, check it out. Listen to the book reviews; they're they're pretty good. And I appreciate Familia Finds and I have kind of a common background, so we're able to share a lot of stories. So that's what I love. I, there, I've had the privilege of meeting so many people online that I, I would call, I mean, they're my online friends, right? Mm-hmm. But hopefully in real life, when we have meetup, we can meet up with people. But it's just been great. So appreciate all you guys uh, just, uh, you know, tuning in and DMing us and, and, you know, even hitting that like button in our live right now. Well, we got a lot of people. Okay. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry. There's just a lot of nice comments and, and the super chats coming through. Uh, Nashville Flippers. Hey, what's going on? We, we got to have you guys on the podcast here soon. Uh, so what's the over under for how many times Orlando interrupts Mike? 
Yeah, I think I think 10's a good over under. So let us know on the uh, on the chat over under. Oh my goodness. All right, yes, let's misplay. So here's the thing. I list so for instance shoes. Like I'll list, you know, 30 to 40 shoes. And then after I'll put them in my inventory and then I'll put the custom SKU label. The problem is some of those shoes sell before I ever get to that place. Cause what's happening right now is I'm trying to source for Q4. And so I'm like, ah, oh, I'm just going to throw all these in Ikea bag, shove it in the storage unit and then off sourcing. I go and then a week hits two weeks hits. And then I have a problem because I'm like, where, okay, is that shoe in one of the bins or is it one of those freshly new shoes that I just listed? And so so, it becomes so, an issue. So you're saying when you when you do your listing, you don't do the custom SKU then? No, because my, all my stuff is stored in a storage unit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So unless I, so what I do is I try to find bins that are kind of halfway empty or three quarters empty, and then I fill up those bins and I put the custom SKU labels. Now, I think there's something better I can do. I just haven't taken the time to sit down and figure it out. So, so I've been sourcing for Q4. I am kind of, I'm going. All in. I mean, I do that every Q4, but more than I have before, because in previous years, I usually would wait until October to really start sourcing. And now in September, I'm sourcing earlier. And I'll explain a little bit why in reseller topics. But the reason being is all the data from different companies and measuring, you know, shopping behavior is saying that Q4 is actually going to start earlier, or at least a major buying that happens in Q4. So last year, and the year before and the year before that. And usually it's the first two weeks of December where everything just goes crazy. Now, you have some activity in November, but it's not till those two weeks. Everyone is saying now as a result of you know Walmart and Target and all these stores not opening on Thanksgiving for Black Friday and, and they're not being, you know, the ability to like stampede into a store with a bunch of people because of COVID, that people are gonna start buying earlier. And so as a result of that. I'm going to source earlier so I can send stuff out earlier and hopefully have sales earlier. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. And do you think that uh, Q4 is going to be popping in other parts of the country or parts of the world? Because uh, huh. Purple Rube here says uh, it's not too late. International first class. <laughs> oh, I like that smooth transition. Yeah. Stuff. Hey, I appreciate it. Maybe I should just wait. Like I'll, I'm waiting for Purple Rube to just, you know, bring in a little bit more. Uh, into the into the super chat before I go international first class. So. That's crazy because because <laughs> you'd be making enough more on the internet, and I'm no I'm not, I can't talk because I don't do it either. Um, not because I'm against doing it. It's just uh, I'm I'm lazy and I just haven't turned that on but, yet. But John, I will say I appreciate the fact that you're consistently encouraging me to, and this is encouraging. Nine ninety nine. To get me to consider first class international, I'll take it, John. So thank you so much for about Rube. Uh, hey, also one more thing I wanted to talk about was so I recognized in my listing that I had my goals are too big. So early in the summer, I'm like, I'm gonna hit three thousand listings on eBay. Well, that'd be great if things were slow. Right when things are slow, you can get those numbers up. Those of you that have experienced slow seasons on eBay, it's pretty easy to right, get your number of listings up. But when things are fire and, and you're constantly selling, it is tough to do that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for 2,500. Right. And I'm getting there. I'm at 2260 ish, uh, but stuff keeps selling. But my goal is 
I want to say by mid-October to be at 2,500 listings. I, I think that's my happy place. <laughs> and then hopefully, you know, by the end of January, I'll be at 3K. It's just stuff keeps selling. And I can't complain about that. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Uh, so we have uh, Chris Gatwood is uh, super chat and he says he's on the over. So nice. We've got we've got uh, at least one on over over here. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm even thinking you, about Chris. I'm even thinking about Q4. So there's one right there. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't really that bad. Um, so I'm thinking about Q4 for me because I've never done Amazon. I still haven't jumped onto the Amazon and and I am considering, I've talked about doing it a million times. So I don't want to sound like the person who's always saying I'm going to, I'm not committing to doing it. Somebody should send a massive super chat. So, but I have done like the retail arbitrage for eBay and every year it does. Okay. Um, it's never been so great that I, I would look at it as, that much more than other times of the year. What I do find is stuff that I have in my inventory already um, are are things that I've picked that might be Christmas-like gifts that people are picking up and buying. So my sales definitely go up Q4, even if it's not retail arbitrage. Uh, But I'm actually kind of thinking of doing like a challenge of how much can I do retail arbitrage just to uh, just eBay? Right, like buying items, going crazy, and and see what kind of items I get. Maybe I'll make a couple of videos that I'll release the items after Q4 is over because I obviously don't want to tank any items or tank any uh, the market. Oh come on, we'll just set up our own bolo group and <laughs> no, just joking. Yeah, so no bolo group here, but you know it might be kind of cool to see. All right, what could I have gotten based off of the information? Because the nice thing with Amazon or Orlando has all of the the tracking information and the different programs that you can do for that. Uh, but how much could I have made had I sent this into Amazon versus eBay doing it myself and um, is the money still there? Because maybe uh, if you've got the the room, if you're going to be doing something like Amazon uh, instead of FBA, you're doing Merchant Fulfilled anyways, maybe maybe there's just as much profit on the eBay side. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe me and you both will pick up the same item, same quantity of an item and see what the total net profit is. Okay. But I do... I want to challenge you to do Amazon, but you don't have to do FBA. Do merchant fulfilled, right? So if you're picking up stuff for eBay, might as well list it on Amazon for merchant fulfilled. It's the same thing, just a different platform. Yeah, it's a little dangerous though to me to think that because Amazon, the the whole idea of Amazon is things sell quickly, right? Yeah. Hopefully that's the idea. Uh, but if something sells on eBay, I mean, I've got it instantly. I mean, there's a problem you always have with cr- uh, cross posting, but if something sells on eBay and then all of a sudden it sells on Amazon too, before I get on there and take that listing off. Then ooh. you cancel the eBay. Yeah, but, but my eBay is my bread and butter, though. Like that's where all my money comes from. I don't want to have some bad reviews there. I don't know. I, I I'm saying right. I mean, let me know in the chat. Like MF is exactly like eBay. And here's the thing, with with Amazon, yeah, it's going to be a faster velocity. So chances are that item is going to sell faster on Amazon than it does on eBay. For example, right now, did you hear that little sound? Did ding? Mm-hmm. That was the Amazon Merchant Fulfilled. See, they have a Merchant Fulfilled sale right there. And this item I have listed both on eBay. And on Amazon, and on Amazon, I remember last week I had something that I listed for like a month. I listed on eBay because it was a super low rank. Within 24 hours, it sold. Hmm. Right. So I strongly encourage Mike to at least do merchant field. FBA, that's a whole different beast. But MF is, is just the same as eBay. Now, you do got to be careful because they can suspend your account really quick if you cancel stuff. You don't send stuff in on time, but I think it just makes you a better seller. But will, I mean, maybe to me, because when I buy on Amazon, I almost never buy merchant fulfilled unless it's still prime, right? And I'm not going to have the prime sticker on there. So you just have to have it at the lowest price. 
But if if the velocity of the item is so fast, like it's selling so much, like it's under a thousand rank, like it's not gonna matter if you don't have prime, right? As long as you have the lowest price. Now there's buy box issues and all that, but you can still sell. I mean, there are certain items last year. I remember on Black Friday last year, there was a there was a some kind of building set. I don't want to say too much in case it get drops again, but a certain store had it at 50% off. And so a lot of people sent to FBA, a lot of people did MF. That item, you literally in the store, you could list it in the store. And by the time you were like three hours over, it was ranked like 54, mm. it instantly sold. Right. So you can make you can make it happen. So let me know. Let me know in the chat. What are your thoughts? I, I did like a comment here. Uh Allison from Big Underscore Drift or Big Thrift Drift. I said pirate ship feels almost as good as a thermal printer. Hey, by the way, though. You you got you have a thermal printer now, so I didn't know that I was the only one that that was holding back. So so Allison, welcome to. It's interesting that I'm saying this. Welcome to the thermal printer club. So it's yeah. been nice. So I know some people in here are saying they don't think they'll ever do Amazon. I, I get it. I understand. I understand. But you you're missing out on money. You're missing out on a lot of money. Even today, I had five sales. I'm just testing the market on stuff. And I knew because the ranking was 2000 or low that it would sell in 24 hours. And it was, it was, these were actually clearance items that I found and I, and I'll share those with you, Mike, after this, but it's, it sold pretty quick. So anyways, all right. So I think <laughs> we belabored the point, but I just want to encourage Mike, like I understand. And, and here's the thing, here's a problem. I think that Mike has had, he's seen me fail a lot on Amazon Right, because I'm very big about talking about my failures. I don't talk about successes very much because I don't I don't like to be braggadocious about stuff. Is that a word, braggadocious? And so, and you know me, I how how much do I ever post numbers of Amazon on Instagram? I don't just because I don't think it's fair, just because it gives people a false impression. So, somebody is saying fulfilled by merchant not MF. No, it is MF. It's merchant fulfilled. Now you could say fulfilled by merchant. There's actually also SF seller fulfilled. So thank you, Blackberry Thistle T. Yeah. Yeah, lots of lots Amazon of, can be an MF, and I'm just joking, I'm not gonna go there. Just it's merchant fulfilled. Merchant fulfilled. FBM. That All sounds, right. Sounds better, maybe. <laughs> All right. So that that is our update for now. So are you got any random stories? Um, I mean, not really a random story, but um, it's kind of cool because still going through all the stuff that I picked up on my trip and I've uh, got my... Wow. I, well, I know. Um, and last week or last time we recorded, um, you noticed I'd finally gotten all my weights in here and I had originally listed all of my weights as like one set. And I knew that was probably a bad idea, but I was trying to get rid of them quickly while I was actually on my trip. Uh, so I just listed them as one lot and I had several people while I was even on the trip reach out and say, well, what if, what if you just sell me these two plates? And I wasn't willing to, to, to break up the set at that point. Cause it, the amount of money I would have made to ruin some of my vacation for 60 bucks, right? It just wasn't worth it. I wanted it all to go. So I finally took pictures of the individual, like I, I lotted them together, like, okay, sets of 25s, uh, four plates of 10 pound weights, things like that for the, the weight sets that I got. And I'm starting to get a lot more hits on uh, offer up for those plates, which is awesome. And I talked to Orlando and I was like, man, I've still got these. And he's like, you should sell them on eBay. And I was like, no, I don't want to deal with that. I know I'll make more money locally. It's cash. I don't have to deal with the fees. I don't have to deal with shipping. Um, And I just sold four plates, four 10 pound plates that I looked at the sticker, how much I paid for them. And I think I paid $5.99 for these four plates. And I sold them for $90 cash. Um, And it was interesting because I had a lot of people reach out and everybody was lowballing me. And I just won't, I just won't. Right. I'm, 
I'm, I feel like I've learned enough about negotiations and I can bring them up a little bit and meet them towards the middle, but I don't list super high. I list what I think I'm, I can actually get for it or maybe a little bit above that so that there's a little bit of wiggle room. So I'll come down a little bit. Um, and I had a lot of people, they just tried to lowball me. They kind of tried to tell me like, you'll never sell it for that. And like, okay, they actually well. message you that. Yeah. Like, well, I'll pay you this much. If you change your mind, they give me like the little like hang loose sign, like good luck or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, so I just ignore them. And finally I had somebody, uh, didn't even didn't even try to, to 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 lower or haggle at all. They just said, "Are these available?" And I oh that question yes, right <laughs> yes they're available. Okay, when can I come and get them? And I'm like uh, anytime. All right, I'm on my way. I was like sweet right. So I met the guy. He he maybe said one word to me, which was put them here, right? And that was it. Like it was kind of a rude transaction. In one word too, put them here. Yeah. Um, yeah, just put it put it here. Like that's all he said. Like not there wasn't like a hey, how's it going? Yeah, can I can I look at him? Yeah, these are cool. Been looking for these. Like normally when you do local pickup, there's a little bit of small chat, which I kind of dislike uh, a lot because I'm not a huge small chat person. Uh, but this transaction felt very rude, maybe. But I didn't care because he handed me ninety bucks. Money, and was money, like, man. Peace. Yep, and I and drove off. And I still have a bunch of plates left, and so it's exciting to know that I've already paid for all of the plates that I bought plus some. I've already doubled my money on it and I got a ton of weight left and I'd be okay if the rest of my transactions are that way and I don't have to small chat or haggle with people. So <laughs> there we go. But you don't like small talk. Yeah. Like so, I'm so if you see in public, try to small talk Mike. Just just do it. I mean if, if it if I run into somebody it's like, hey how's it going? That's fine. Like if, if it's a listener or a friend, I I that's perfectly fine to me. Well what bugs me is like when I'm at a register, cash register and it's like, hey how's it going? Yeah, good. I go to pay and then they start talking to me about stuff like, Oh, you got some chips here. You having a party? And, uh, Oh yeah. Is it, is it for the how game? They, you watch football? Do, how do they just a lot of people that like that, uh, those kind of conversations? Like, I'm just like, look, I just want to buy my food. That's on. I don't want to like explain to you like what I'm going to do with this food. Like I'm going to go home and open this up and eat it on my couch alone. Uh, watching TV, you know, what does it matter what I'm going to do with my chips? Right? Like just, just tell a crazy story. <laughs> just come up with some crazy stories. Some, so some random thing about, I don't know flying to some country and I wanted to, I want to share a random story, but it's not reseller related. Well, I mean, I, th I think this is going to hurt, hurt my rep. So, Hey, before we do that though, Ayana reseller has a great tip on there. She said, Mike do a replenishable item on Amazon and eBay. So if it sells on one platform, you still have items left and don't have to cancel on the other platforms yet. Yeah, and that's point. something I was going to suggest yep. to you, but like this item I have right now, I have multiples of, so I don't have to worry if, you know, I run out. So great tip. So, so kind of, uh, I, I got pulled over one time when I was in college. This is this not retailer related, but this is why you come on the live, right? A little bit of comedy here. So you know me. I, well, we got to let them tell us whether it's comedy. Well, I, I, th I think it's funny. I think you guys will find it funny. So, so I'm a bigger dude, right? So bigger dudes, you usually get some, certain kind of jokes thrown our way. And so it was late at night. I was really hungry. So I stopped in at a gas station right? and I got a bag of Funyuns. And I love Funyuns. But the problem with Funyuns is like, if you wear a black shirt, like... You know, or you have a goatee, like black funnings isn't like friendly to you. Mm. Right. So I'm driving, I'm like speeding down the highway and then I get pulled over. The cops come my way. I'm like, you know, wiping down my shirt, like making sure I look presentable for the police officer. And then the guy tried to small talk me. He shines a flashlight. And you know how that light obviously obviously you know illuminated the funyun crumbs everywhere on my black shirt and he goes my aren't we hungry tonight oh <laughs> i still laugh because i'm like that dude he didn't give me a ticket so i think he just felt bad for me i think he just felt bad so 
that was the first time that eating Funyuns and making mess worked out. So anyways, that didn't add any value to anybody here in the chat. But I thought it was a it's story pretty funny. that some people would think it's funny. So it's, it's pretty funny. Because even to this day, my buddies from college always like when I'm eating, they're my. like, why aren't we hungry? Oh, we're hungry today. So, I love that. That's uh, great. All right. Hey, thank you. A dead Maverick gave us a uh, super stick. What are those? I don't know, but it's cool. I'll, 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 I'll take the sticker. Is that Canada like money? I think so. Are you from, are you, uh, are you one of our Canadian? I feel like I should know. He's been listening to us since day one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for the super chat, super sticker. Yes. Appreciate that. So, all right. Anyways, Hey, that, that was not, that was not the random reselling story I intended to share today, but uh, here's what I do want to share. So I don't know what's going on lately, but I am finding that a lot of people, when they do returns, they're shipping everything to me first class and it shouldn't be first <laughs> big drift of white powder for the wind. I luckily wasn't down that road. That had been a whole different story. Uh, and so I'm getting these packages. Now, one time it was crazy. Somebody, and I'm kind of bothered by it. So I had sold a pair of Lucchese boots that were $350 and it got returned to me. And they sent it first class to me. And when I got it, I was like, what are these people thinking? And this was like a very wealthy individual that owns like a huge line of cowboy boots. I think they're like the designer and they want, I think what they did is they bought the boots to kind of take some of the design and make their own boots out of that design. And then they sent it back to me. But anyways, uh, what ended up happening was it was first class post office. didn't say anything. I've had a bunch of other first class and I shared some of this on the Instagram story, but I wanted to share more here because I, I couldn't share the whole details unless I made it a story on IG and I didn't want to, I don't, I didn't think it was a great story for IG. So I go to the post office, <laughs> new Funyuns merch coming to, that's another tagline for our shirts. Yeah. Why aren't we hungry? And only if you listen to the podcast, will you know what that's about. All right. Hey, so um, back to the first class mail. So, I get this, you know, you get those stickers on your door, like, you know, when you don't, when you're not there. And, and so I eventually was like, all right, I'm gonna go to the post office, see what this is about. So it was a returned item. And on the box, it had written, you know, uh, whoever needs to pay the 11 something overage on this package. Cause they used my medium flat rate box that I shipped the boots in. These were Merrill hiking boots. They sent them back to me in a first class pack in a first class label. So I was talking to the post office lady and by the way, always establish great relationship with your post office people, right? You never know when it's going to help. And I'm not saying do it to just get an advantage, just be friendly to be friendly. It's a good thing. And so I'm talking, I'm like, I'm yeah, small chat them. I do get some small talk. I going. Am. Listen, but that that's, that's what I do. That's what I do. And so I'm talking with her and I'm getting my credit card out. I'm like, well, I guess I got to pay. You know, it's really unfortunate that people do this. You know, I, I, I'm just like, I already have to, sh I have to refund her the money and now I have to pay for the shipping, even though I wasn't going to have to pay for shipping because it didn't fit. Mm. Right. And so my policy is if it doesn't fit, I'm not going to, you know, give you back your money on shipping. And so she goes, no, no, wait, let me look, let me look. And she's like, no, I don't think you have to pay because this is done through Pitney Bowes. And what ends up happening is eBay and the post office, they battle. Now, have you ever gotten those emails? Like you pay mm. too much. And they've credited you like a dollar something. I don't know. Maybe uh, if I have uh, my wife would uh, would know. She does the the that tech part of okay the the behind the scenes uh, the behind the scenes. So so sometimes like for instance, I I'll sell a hat and I think it's going to be twelve ounces and I print the label right away just to trigger that algorithm. But I don't have the hat actually packed. 
And it might have been, you know, I, I might have said 12 ounces, but it was actually, let's say, 10 ounces. So when it happens, I'll get an email from eBay saying due to, you know, mismeasurement with the post office, we won this case for you and we're, you know, we're crediting you a dollar or something. Right. So you get your money back. So I guess this is the reverse. So the reverse with the discrepancy ends up being charged to your account later on. Okay, if that makes sense. So what ends up happening that 11 something that I was going to pay right there. She told me not to pay because you will be double paying because eventually Penny Bowes through eBay is going to get their money for you. So just something to think about. If you get a return as a first class package and it should have been priority and it says that you have to pay, talk to talk to the individual at the post office and let them know, hey, by the way, you know, I think this is going to be handled between eBay and the company. So I don't know if I have to pay. And maybe, you you know, I don't think you'll get out of it. I think eventually you'll pay, but you don't want to be double paying because it's really hard to get that money back. Yeah, that's true. And I do remember uh, Nashville Flippers here said, uh, my wife is the real MVP. I 100% agree. I don't know how I got so lucky to get her. She's definitely the MVP. Um, so, but I do remember we were going through UPS kind of through like a third party uh, for a while and getting kind of discounts through that. And we were doing the shipments and I guess the measurements weren't like 100% spot on every time. And so over the course of like six months, we ended up getting like a bill for like $38 or something like that. And it was the overage that they had been racking up of our account of how many items were maybe we put a little bit, they didn't weigh quite as much or we, we estimated the height and length or whatever. It was maybe an oblong shaped and they added an extra inch once they got it and measured it. So we had this bill and so we called UPS and we said, hey, like, what's going on here? And they said, oh, well, you know, these measurements weren't right. And then so they actually just waived it. They like said, that's fine. You don't have to pay it this time. Just in the future, make sure. And so we always kind of overestimate things. Uh, but it's funny that when we overestimate things a little bit through th- through that, we never got the, hey, you overpaid. So they were definitely fine coming after us for underpaying. But, but, but they never came that's back weird. and like said like, hey, just to let you know, you put 11 inches for length. Um, but it's really only 10, you know, I know it's a little awkward, but like we didn't measure the whole 11 inches, like of that part that was sticking out. Uh, so we never, we never get a uh, money back for overestimating, but we definitely got charged even though they waived it, which we're very grateful for. You said this is UPS? UPS. Yeah. Oh no, UPS and FedEx will definitely come after you. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Cause that's one of the reseller topics today. Yeah. So you got to be careful post office. I mean, it's, it's so somebody actually had posted and you got to be careful when you're on social media, but on one of the posts, he said, Oh yeah, I've been getting away for the last two years, you know, sending out two to three pound items as first class. I'm like, do you understand? There's like a whole fraud division of the post office. Like, probably don't want to post it on a uh, you know social media. So, anyways, just that's a short note, just to be careful. Hey, thank you all of you. Close to fifty people watching this on the live. Appreciate all of you that have showed up recently. Ken Dingle, how are you? Clay's closet. I saw Moonlight Mula in the house here. Uh, Aaron, how are you? Uh, had this person called Heather Daniels here. Yeah. So you know she has hard eyes for you. So just thought I'd throw that out there. So or in case you're wondering who that is, the MVP. Uh, yeah, somebody said, don't rant on yourself on IG. Yes, don't. Listen, you have no idea. It's kind of like one time somebody on eBay, I'll say, here, there we go. Wayne, Wayne would know. Wayne, you know, Wayne says, here comes a postal inspector. Yeah. So do they like, is that like a formal division where they come like they've got a special uniform they wear? They're they armed, man. They don't they play games. 
Like they're, they're 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 like the they're serious. One of my one of my wife's cousins works for the FBI in the like mailing fraud department. Like that is what they do. Like through like mail crimes, and so um, yeah, that's I, I can imagine that the post office being a, a federal agency also has their own division for sure. Wow, another super chat from Dead Maverick. I am yeah, telling you, keep the level up reviews coming, man. We will let us know what you think next. So our next book that we're going to be doing is the uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, yeah, so that's a that's obviously a classic. It's it's a lot of people talk about it, um, and so we're excited to do that one. But if you guys have other suggestions, I mean, we've done a lot of like kind of the self or professional or self development type books. We've done the finance books, uh, personal finance and business type finance. Uh, but if you've got other suggestions, I mean, I've, I've tossed around like, do we want to do something like literature based? Like, do we want to do the art of war or something like that and talk about like, how do these themes in this, you know, connect to, you know, reselling or, or that type of stuff? So, yeah, let us know what you think would be a good book for us to do or a good genre of books for us to do. And we love to include that, that feedback. Yeah. Because, I mean, Mike and I always go back and forth, like, should we keep doing these? Like, you know, but it, the feedback keeps getting better. So appreciate it. And we, we learn a lot when we do them. So we're grateful. <laughs> Frank's back. Frank Zaragoza says, guys, in regard to reselling, what is the end game for you both? What's that's a good end, question. What's the end game for you, Mike? You know, um, th- that's something I've, I've thought about a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, I started reselling just thinking, you know, a little bit of extra money here and there. And it has turned into something where... My wife now gets to stay home with our son and, you know, it's, it's totally changed our life as far as that goes. Um, I don't know, like I've more and more, especially after this whole COVID situation and it was blessed for a while to be able to work from home. I'm still working from home, but it's a lot more work than it was those first few months. Um, and just the amount of family time, um, was amazing. And so for me, I don't know. I, I, I love the idea of being able to sustain and, and potentially go full time. I don't know if I love the idea of, the risk that would be involved in that, especially because I've got like this pretty steady career. Um, but and you love what you do. I do. I, I love what I do. Uh, but I don't think reselling is ever going to go away. I think I'm going to keep it. I think eBay is always going to be um, a huge money generator for us. I think it's it's helping us pay off student loans. It's helping us get ahead. Um, and you know, it's my wife is moving more and more as she's doing this. And I'm still doing a lot of the sourcing and 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 some of the packing and a lot of that stuff. Um, but as it becomes more of like an actual full-time income for her, like a replacement of the income she had and not just what we, we need to, to cover our expenses. Um, I don't know. I think we might start to see, okay, is it worthwhile doubling up on this and really putting in more? I don't know if I'll ever do it full-time, but I don't think I'll ever not resell. It's a tough question for me. I, I don't see myself ever stopping. I mean, it's my third year full-time reselling. And I just... I know it sounds terrible. No, it doesn't sound terrible. It's just I, I I hate like sounding like I'm bragging, but I keep getting better at it. So as long as I'm getting better at it, I don't want to stop. Right? I, I'm understanding how to do Amazon better. I'm understanding eBay better, cross posting better, networking more. Like it's just, and it's becoming easier for me. So now, am I still hustling? Am I still grinding a lot? I definitely am. But the problem is, you know. I want to get to a place where it's like, I want to have multiple streams, right? So we, we already have reselling, right? I already have, I have, you know, I'm doing some stock market stuff. I, I have, I'm teaching on the side. I teach a homeschool co-op. I also have other sources of income. So, and we got the podcast and we have YouTube and we have all these different things. And so for me, I'm just, 
I'm not, I, I have, I have my five-year goal. I'm on year three, my, my five-year goal, right? At five years, I'll figure out what I want to do. Uh, the next step in this for me right now is to move into a bigger space. Uh, I'm actually, I'm not looking forward to ever getting a warehouse. I don't want a warehouse, but I would love a warehouse type property uh, that I can have next to my new home whenever I get to that place. So actually, I've been looking at property recently and I found this beautiful property that's nearby. I mean, it, it was like, it was a three bedroom, uh, three bedroom, two bath house. It had a granny flat. And I'm like thinking, hey, that granny flat could be like operation, like reselling. Mm. And I could have a separate key for helpers to come in and take care of stuff. And I would have a warehouse. And actually, it's a huge kind of, it's like the size of a warehouse, even a pretty big uh, storage space right next to it. And I was like, I would love to be here, but I, I'm waiting for real estate to uh, kind of dip a little bit more, which yeah. isn't happening right now. The problem we're having in San Diego is there's not enough inventory. Yeah. I mean, the nice thing is um, with real estate right now is the interest rates are just the, the lowest they've ever been. And the nice thing though, is it looks like it's going to stay that way. In the past, we've had low interest rates for a short period of time to try and fix economic problems. And then that ends up only hurting the problem more because then they have to raise interest rates and the, all of these things going on with the Federal Reserve and what they're trying to do with with money coming in versus money going out. Um, but right now, it looks like the interest rates are going to stay low, probably at least from what I'm hearing. Well, they're saying 2021, like 2022? More than that. Like so, so and, and again, this is, I, I have no idea. I'm not a, a, a real estate mogul, uh, but a lot of people are suggesting that it could be the next four to five years. The interest rates could be remain as low as they are right now. Uh, so now is not a bad time to, to purchase a home or to refinance. Um, if you can get a house that's, at the right value. And that's really the key is a lot of times it goes the same way. We talk a little bit of, sometimes in our, our podcast about uh, investing in the stock market. And I'm really big on this idea of value investing. And that's never pay more than something's worth, right? We do that with, with reselling, right? You buy something. I know I could sell this item. This item consistently sells for $100. I'll buy it for $25. i am never going to buy it for $150 thinking, well, you know, occasionally this might be able to sell for, it might go up in value. It might, I'm going to buy under what it's actually valued at. What can I actually get for it? And the same thing with houses. If you can buy a house and it's valued, um, not the ups and downs of the market, but you could say like, this is actually like what I think this house is worth to me. Um, and it's a good value, then then do it, especially if the interest rates are low. Uh, but don't buy a $500,000 house because the interest rates are low. If you can't afford the payments or if, if it's not really a $500,000 house, because you know, once the markets kind of level out or things go down, now it's really only worth two fifty. Oh no, I had friends that did the variable rates Ooh. back in 08. Brutal. And they tripled their payments. So yeah, I get that. So and I love it because I'm I'm seeing a lot of people talk about move out of state, move out of state. <laughs> so I, I I would love to, trust me. I mean, there's a lot of reasons I stay in California. Uh, I understand that. I mean, hearing Joe Rogan like get out to Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing other influencers and people that have money talking about we're getting yeah. out of Cali. People are going to, to Texas or Tennessee or other places, right? People are moving, you know? And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, uh, Heather and I, that's another thing we've, we've talked a lot about is do we want to consider another state? Uh, what would that look like? Um, because California, San Diego, we have the beauty of yard sales year round, uh, but our houses cost 10 times more than they would somewhere else. Right. So, um, could we get by with, half the amount of yard sales if property is half the price, right? If the living cost is less. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I don't know if California is going to be a forever thing for me, um, especially because if you were, if you were able to buy a house 
10 years ago, 15 years ago in California, uh, you might be fine. We had friends of ours that recently said, I think it was pretty profound. They said, we can afford to live in California. We can afford to live in San Diego. Uh, they were lucky enough to be able to get a house at a good price when the market was good. They said, but I don't know if my kids... I'm not laughing at you, sorry. I don't know if my kids will be able to. And I think that's an important thing to think about, right? Like, um, just because you've got a house somewhere and you were able to... Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sellhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, purehustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all, is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. Afford it. If If it's not somewhere you think your kids can afford, that's rough. I needed to address this comment here. Orlando wants a big kitchen in his new house to put more inventory in his cabinets. Yeah. You know, facts, facts. But I will tell you, my next goal this Q4 is to move all that stuff out. Actually, I'm getting pretty close to having all inventory out of my kitchen. I'm getting there. So, all right. Hey, thank you so much, Emily McLean, for the super chat. $4 says Orlando is like listening to myself squirrel. So does that mean that I get distracted easily? Maybe a little bit. Okay. But that's okay. Because look here, uh, we've got uh, the Nashville Flippers called you out because they heard your phone ringing. Uh-huh. And I uh, said, maybe your lady friend is calling. If only I could be so lucky. <laughs> so, hey, hey, by the way, uh, so 
that's just that's the end the, the end game right now is that there is no end game yet so i'm just scaling and scaling and scaling and hopefully i'll be at a place where i can have more options uh the next step in my scaling is to be on a larger property but we'll just see how things go I, i'm okay with my condo right now i'm running pretty lean i got a great rate and so we'll see what happens so yeah see i'm not alone place cloud says i can use my kitchen i use my kitchen cabinets for fancy and top selling shoes there you go imagine that somebody comes to your house and they're like can i get uh can i get you know some water like, yeah just grab it and they open up the cabinet and there's just shoes in there yeah i just i don't think it's a, i don't think so it's a winner if like you know you're ever trying to impress someone and i open the cabinet and there's a mickey mouse on attractive figurine just hanging out like and then next to it you have some golf balls and then you have some random book and like you know i i just i don't think it's a win so that's just me all right hey uh one last thing we got man we are we are chatting it up today so uh, random story so i am right now this isn't random but i am just blocking low ballers i used to block like people that you know when in pay on time i used to block people that were mean i'm just blocking everyone i am just i am so done and here's the other thing i've actually been thinking about too is you don't want people to have access to your store that are just trying to lowball you. And, and what I mean is we've talked about sell through rate as being a key component in the algorithm. And, I, and somebody did message us the other, other day on Facebook and was saying, Hey, you guys talk too much about the algorithm. Listen, I don't think we talk enough. I know we're all speculating, but I'm telling you the algorithm is real. It's been discussed by eBay multiple times. Uh, we've, actually done some run-throughs anecdotally and we've found evidence that hey if you accept offers if you you know run sales if if you ship stuff out like all those play a part and so for me it's you know you don't want a bunch of people to view your items this is why this is why one of the reasons we don't share our stores publicly now we do when we're on the eb for business podcast are like basically we have no we have to share what our stores are uh but we don't have to share all of our stores if we have multiple stores but one of the reasons i strongly encourage you guys that are on social media not to share your stores if you end up getting a larger following is that the more views you get on an item and the more watchers but there is no sale that happens those items begin to drag your store down they become stale faster right so you might have an item that has a hundred views for instance i have some items that have all kinds of views and all kinds of watchers i know either those are competitors i know those are just you know looky lose just trying to see what it's going to go for there are probably some that follow us on instagram just seeing hey is orlando completely wrong on what he estimated about this whatever it is be careful about that because the more views you have on there and stuff doesn't sell, the, the more it's going to hurt your your sales traffic. So just be aware of that. So, yeah, somebody yeah. said Ken Daigle actually, yeah, great point. He said it succinctly in one sentence comparison to Orlando's multiple. I know a little bit more down, say active and simple. And he said plenty of traffic, but no conversions is bad. And that is correct. Yep. So, all right. So that is the random stories for the moment. Yeah. And I've got one item that uh, I think just ended and did not sell so we're anti just uh just uh, giving you guys an update uh on my and, and again i've listed five can you imagine if, if a new reseller came to you and said hey i've got five items on my ebay store nothing sold i'm going to talk about that in a moment right but you would say you got to list more right oh 100 so you know you can't do an auction experiment like we we tried uh is is not going to work um perfectly is like expecting them all to sell now if i listed it for like 99 cents i'm sure it would have sold uh but uh We'll relist it and we'll go again 
and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll drop the price a little bit. Hey, Melissa O brings uh, upon us a great point. Why did I say upon us? What is this like medieval? There's a upon us, Melissa. There's a, t- there's a TikTok meme that whenever people use like old language, like they end up having medieval scenes in the background, the medieval music playing. That's what I feel should should have just happened. We should have so. a whole episode where we just talk in like Shakespearean English. So Melissa O has inquired of us and said, I feel like I have to counter offer all offers. I only block non-players and idiots. <laughs> so I, you know, I wish I wish there was a drop down menu, like why you're blocking people and you could just choose idiots <laughs> or like non-payer or the, the, the worst I'm getting lately is I'm getting the $3 offers of free shipping. Like, like seriously, like wh- why bother? And so I instantly blocked him. All right. Are we ready yeah. for... Guys, it's that time of the episode where news is breaking and things are coming in. They're hitting us hard and fast. The reselling world is changing around us. Can we keep up? I don't know. Out on the streets is Orlando. You know, one day I want to have like a fan blowing, right? So it looks like it's really, really windy. Like it's a have storm some, like, approaching. Storm stuff in. Yeah. So anyways, I thought, I think that'd be funny, but who knows? Hey, my funding story at least made it. So, all right. So first thing I want to talk about, so you you heard me talk about this on Instagram and I'm going to share this some more this next week, but you said you'd like the UPS. Why'd you like UPS since it's been on eBay now? I mean, it's been great. The amount of money that we've saved through UPS, their discount has been incredible. Like in fact, one item just recently sold, it was a, uh, like a knee brace that I'm able to stick in a, like a flat rate, you know, padded type Mm -hmm. thing. Um, But instead of doing the, like a, the flat rate I did, you know, it would have been first class. It was not first class like under a pound, but like it would have been like easy to ship because it was just in like an, a, a poly bag. And looking at the USPS rate was actually significantly higher than UPS. The UPS rate was like $2 cheaper. So instead of it being like $8.90 something, it was like $6 something that's shipped through UPS, right? So having that as an option and being able to save that kind of money. Uh, now that UPS has got a, a discount, which is great because I mean, for a while, my wife worked at a place that had um, the ability to sell or to to ship, you know, through the work discount through UPS. And the discount was incredible. Like you could s- s- ship things for like a fraction of the price. And I feel like eBay's discount is pretty close to that. So I'm going to counter all that. All right. But before I do that, hey, thank you so much, Santiago De La Rosa. $20 super chat just yeah. because. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, and by the way, appreciate all the donations that have been coming in. We're going to share a little bit more in future episodes, but right now we're in kind of transitional phase with PRS podcast because of, you know, anchor and, and Spotify and other of our sponsors haven't been sponsoring us lately. So we, we are working for free yeah. for reals for free, which is, for, for which is, real. which is, I mean, there, there's a benefit to that, you know, and we've always said our content will be free, but, uh, been interesting lately so thank you so much every super chat is helping us so much so all right hey mcdonald's miller says how is the shipping time so let me just throw that up real quick and then let me let me address here so i talked about this so ups is great i am grateful i thank you Rhea, for bringing that up i am grateful that ups is on ebay i think it's a great thing i think it just creates more competition maybe it'll cause fedex to you know, improve some things that'll cause the USPS definitely to improve. It's, it's funny. I was telling the same person when in that discussion about the first class package, uh, the mail lady, I was telling her how there's actually a, a sign that goes up when we want to ship that says, we encourage you to use other carriers due to UPS delay, USPS delays. Mm-hmm. And she was like, 
what are you serious i feel really bad like i guess they don't know about that and so it went around the whole post office like hey by the way did you hear this da 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 and like tell us what you just told us i'm like oh no what did i start here but it's true but here's the thing fedex is actually cheaper and it's cheaper and i think it's a better option this is my opinion you you can you know let me know in the comments if i'm wrong but this is why so i'm pulling up the screen right now right so i just sold this this big mixer and it was a larger item and i had the ups ground option put on there if i sent it ups ground it tells me on ebay you save 36 percent but if i do so this is ups ground if i do fedex home delivery i save 44%. So if I sent it, and I have the dimension there, but that doesn't matter too much right now. If I sent it UPS ground, it would cost me $18.24. If I sent it FedEx, it would cost me $18.05. And here's, here's the other difference. FedEx home delivery is almost like priority. It's four days. Sometimes it's been sooner. UPS ground is about a week. Okay, It depends what part of the country. Then on top of that, Right now, if you do UPS ground on eBay, you don't have the option to put insurance on an item over $100. So UPS covers you up to $100. And after that, you have to go, you have to like declare value. You have to go through UPS capital and so on. eBay doesn't even have any of those options. There is no option for insurance right now with UPS ground. But if I go to FedEx, I have the option to put insurance on it. And I've used insurance and they're pretty good about getting back to you. So for me right now, I am still team FedEx because I, I wanted to use UPS. I kept going, hey, this is awesome. We have UPS. They said they negotiated a great rate, but I'm still finding that FedEx is the better option. It's cheaper, it's faster, and you can insure it. Now, there's a catch to all this because usually when I talk about this, oh, thank you so much, Kelly Hertz. She says, you guys are awesome. Thanks for all the great info. $10 super chat. Wow, you guys have been just incredible today. Yeah, Seriously. thank you guys so much. So I am just shocked at the super chat. So thank you, Kelly. So usually people will message me and they'll say, hey, Orlando, but FedEx, like they do some crazy stuff. They end up charging you later on because with FedEx and UPS, you don't get charged until the invoice at the end of the month. So some people have said, hey, I sent something to FedEx. The eBay label said it was only going to cost this much. I ended up paying twice as much or three times as much. And I always was like, how does that happen? Because it's never happened to me. So this is why. And, so, and thankfully, some people have DM me and told me. So when I said, when I made a story about a smaller item earlier on, they said, hey, you should do Box in a Bag. And Box in the Bag is great with USPS Priority, with Pirate Ship. And I'll talk about that in a little bit here, because that, that's our next reseller topic. But if it's something that you can't do that with, Everyone who's been overcharged that has DM'd us has said, Orlando, we figured out why we were being overcharged. It's because we were not sending things in a box via FedEx. Mm. So what happens, I guess FedEx, like it's pretty subjective if you're sending in like a box in a bag or or it's not a very defined mm -hmm. kind of object. And so the measurements could differ based on what you put and what FedEx ends up measuring. That's why I always strongly recommend especially with FedEx and UPS, like you said, it was 10 inches and they charge 11 inches. I overestimate always, at least at the lowest one inch, usually two inches. And by weight, I always overestimate by two pounds. Two pounds. Now, here's the question with that. So you're saying... Unless it's going to cost me a lot. So if you're, yeah, if you're overestimating an inch, is that if you're overestimating an inch in every direction, that makes a significant volume difference. Yeah, I know. 
but it, you got to make now if it's going to end up being like ten dollars more then obviously you want to make the call and say you know what i'm going to make this as accurate as possible but if it's only going to be like 30 cents or 40 cents more i'd rather play it safe then later on i get this bigger invoice but how much some, but what i expect but would the invoice be like 30 cents more it depends. It depends what kind of item you're sending. So sometimes I'll send like a Franken box, right? And it depends, you know, who knows that Franken box, another box gets on top of it. It ends up, you know, getting squashed. And so the corners come out more or whatever happens. Like always overestimate. I'd rather be charged, you know, I'd rather pay more up front than pay way more later on. So what I'm what I'm hearing from you though is if you overestimate so that you don't get charged later on that if you get charged later on, like, let's say I said it was 10 inch length and mm-hmm. it, they end up measuring 11. Are they going to fee- like charge me an additional fee for underestimating? Or are they going to charge me what I would have paid if I overestimated? To They're 11? not going to charge you more for under, for overestimating. No, I, the point I'm trying to make though. So okay. let's just say just for, for simplicity, it's okay. going to cost me $10 to ship this item. If I overestimate, it's going to cost me 10 50. Okay. Okay. So I send it what I think it is exactly and I don't overestimate and I send it to them and after they end up measuring it and they're like, uh, it's actually 50 cents more. I'm not paying way more later. I'm paying the same but amount they, I would have paid. So if you're overestimate on every box, then you're in the long run, you're guaranteeing that you're paying more as opposed to if you measure it exactly right and they they charge you the difference every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? But it's but it's the deal is with dimensional weight, right? So if you're off by a few inches or for a reason they measure it different, like you said with volume, it can make a huge difference. Like there are some things, even with USPS, there are some items that like if you go an inch more, it's like a twenty dollar difference. Right? That's where you want to be careful. But that's what I'm saying. If you overestimate when you send it, you're gonna be paying that twenty dollar difference. Not well, yeah, I mean it, you could, you could, but what I'm telling you is Listen, always overestimate. You just don't want surprises. I'll just leave it at that. But I, I still don't see how the numbers add up there. Like, if you if you overestimate on everything and you're paying for potentially for volume you don't need, as opposed to maybe one in ten items that you send out, you underestimate it and they charge you the volume that you would have overestimated too. Like you're paying more in the long run. I hear what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Like, but for me, I'd rather lose thirty dollars over a year. Because I, I don't send FedEx all the time. Usually it's like post office. Now, if I was a more if I was a big guru and I was doing like a million dollar business, then I'd go, hey, let's get this exactly perfect right. Right. And usually with replenishables, you do that. But when it's a Franken box or anything, it's always be- better best to have that cushion on there. So uh, let me see. I think somebody may be answering this better than I can. Uh, Clay's Closet said, for almost all my hard goods, I pack as I list. And when I don't, I put plenty of space on the measurements so I can go pack back and correct the numbers. Okay, that's good. That's another way to handle it. Uh, I think Ken Daigle said, Ken Daigle just said, always use a cushion in case. Carlos S. says, just round up. So I, I hear what you're saying. And, and I get the idea. Like, And again, like we were rounding up. But I'm just saying, like, if the fear is if you don't round up, that you're going to have to pay for the the difference every once in a while, as opposed to if I do exact. And I mean, I'm just thinking like the numbers don't make sense to me on that. Like if if over every so often I get a bill from FedEx saying you underestimated and you owe us 20 bucks, as opposed to if I overestimate every box that I send and I pay an extra $30 that month in shipments because I overestimated everything. But that's, that's worst case scenario. No, it's not worst case scenario because you're guaranteeing if you overestimate, you're paying more to ship that than you need to every time. And if you 
if you give the exact measurements and every once in a while they charge you more, you're not overpaying on every item. You might have to overpay on one item every once in a while. Yeah, no, I hear, I, I get what you're saying. I think you're right. I just, for me, I just don't want to waste, waste the time following all that up. Look, I'm not alone. I don't think no, I know you're not alone. No, you, you're very analytical. I get what you're saying. What I'm telling you is with the FedEx stuff, I always overestimate. I could be wrong. I, when I run, run a million dollar business, I'll probably get down to the cent, but I don't, I don't lose that much money. It's kind of like this. So I've shared this before. So to, to ship out a medium flat rate box, it costs 1280, right? I charge 1199. Now I haven't changed that at all. And I know I'm always overpaying for shipping, but for me, it's a competitive edge and I don't care about losing the 80 cents. Right. So for me, for this, if I wanted to waste the time and like make sure like everything was perfect and follow up with FedEx, I would, I just, I don't want to spend that time doing that. I rather, my time is more valuable and I rather overestimate and lose 30 cents here and there because I'm making a ton of money on the item anyway. So I'm okay with that. So well, we have te- we have teams developing here. Yeah. So okay. Hey, I'm good. At, you know, you guys know me. I'm willing to be wrong. I un- I completely understand what Mike is saying. I yeah. don't. I think I think Mike is right. Yeah. And I, again, um, like even Heather said here, like measuring go like rounding up to the nearest pound. If you're dealing with pounds, I think that's a smart idea. But I'm just thinking dimensions in a box because that's really where you're dealing with like volume, the volume of the 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 box. If you do an inch with an inch height and an inch depth like on every single item that that's a significant volume increase you made your point i'm not debating it with you i understand i just don't have the time to waste i just don't want to waste that time like if i have 30 40 packages i'm just gonna boom 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 put the label and i'm done like i'm not gonna look back so that's just the way i do it so so your reasoning then is to save time not because you don't want to be hit with Oh no, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I always overestimate. I rather I rather pay up front than later. Cause I, I know I have people that have shared stories with me where they thought it was gonna be like $45 and then ended up being $90. And it's something happened with dimensions, specifically when it's something that is not a defined box. Whenever it's a Franken box, you run into issues. So and we just things it think about. So all right. Hey, uh, we had a couple super chats. Uh, thank you so much, Christina, for the $5. Really appreciate that. And also McDonald's to Millionaire for the $15. Thanks for saving ooh, me. Keep forward the tips and always being real. And that's the thing. I'm real to the point that I don't have a good counter argument to Mike's counter argument. That's how real we are. <laughs> so <laughs> Melissa said, sounds lazy. No, if it, hey, I get, listen, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. So all right. Hey, thank you so much. All right. So moving on with that, um, by the way, FedEx, we should all te- be team FedEx. I'm just saying team FedEx. So I, uh, let me see if there's anything else. All right, let's keep moving. So box in a bag. So people have been commenting, like I sent out a huge box and they're like, Hey, why don't you put the box in the bag? Cause there are some poly mailers that are like 24 inches. Right. But you gotta remember that you can only do up to eight inches per direction on pirate ship mm. and it can't get more than 20 pounds. So just, just be aware of that because if the post office catches that you're going to be in the, you're going to end up paying a lot more later on. Right. So is it cheap? The, the idea of a, a box in a bag is the bag cheaper than a box. Correct. So you put the box in a bag. Now, according to pirate ship, it can't look like a box. Like it can't be too tight fitting. That's a box. I think as long as you got some of the edges sticking out. But the problem has been is that people have been sending those things instead of through USPS, which 
they're not as stringent as FedEx or UPS, and they've been doing the FedEx or UPS, and they've been being charged later on. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So just got to be careful about that. Hey, thank you so much, Amy Marnett, for the yeah, $5. Thank you so much. Super Honestly, chat. like, like I don't think you guys realize how how big of a deal like the Super Chats tonight have been to us. Like, Rolanda and I have been at this place where it's like, man, like doing the podcast, like we're, we're spending a bunch of time here and, and losing the sponsors has really took a big hit on us. And so the fact that you guys are, are showing this much love to us, it reminds us why we're doing what we're doing. And just even those of you who are just commenting in the box, just the... The community we have here is so great. So thank you guys. We really do have the best listeners um, and watchers. I guess I guess if you're here on YouTube, you're not just a listener. You're a watcher. <laughs> that is true. Hey, Texas Treasures, great point. Texas Treasures says eBay gives big discounts on shipping if you're t- top-rated seller. Okay. So again, people ask us, why should I be a top-rated seller? To me, that I mean, I look at my discounts. I mean, it's huge. I even uh, with FedEx second day, it depends on the item. But sometimes I get up to 70%. Actually, the other day it was cheaper for me to send something FedEx second day than to send it USPS priority, right? So again, it's about volume too. So I I do believe somebody had mentioned that I'm able to get bigger discounts because I sell more, and I think there is some truth to that. I don't know. I haven't seen any policy, but whenever I share this, people are like, "Hey, I haven't seen that. And I'm a top rated seller, so I don't know." If somebody has the answer, let me know. I really don't know. So. Uh, let's see here. How uh, Tiffany Sue says, how would I ship a tailgate? I'm willing it over, but probably still sell it locally. Yeah, I would probably go local unless I knew for a fact like this tailgate was um, a very expensive item and it was sought after and I could get more selling it on eBay or, or through another platform. Um, but then you'd probably have to look up what is it going to look like to do more of a freight type shipment as far as um, are you going to need a pallet for this? Are you going to need to... Um, Will UPS uh, ship something this big? Or are you going to have to go through a third-party company, a different company that will ship on a, on a, a big truck? Uh, so I would I would just say it probably depends on your profit margin here. For me personally, I would say if just for the headache of if you're only going to be doing a one-off like big item shipment, I don't know if I'd tr- want to learn everything I had to learn about big freight, right? As far as the, the pallets and all that stuff, unless there's a lot of money. And I'd say I'd probably just go local, even if I lose a few hundred bucks doing it locally. Uh, but if this is like, Hey, you know, I might, I might want to sell these types of big items a lot. Um, I, I, you would definitely need to like learn about shipping on pallets, shipping through big freight. Um, and, uh, Orlando and I have not done that. So, well, I, I, I would say, listen on eBay, just listen on eBay. A tailgate's not too massive that I don't think it's freight or pallet level. It depends on the vehicle, obviously on the dimensions, but you can ship up to 100 pounds or more on UPS. Obviously, go to the UPS, go to FedEx, check out the you know what limits they have as far as dimensions. And even if you don't want to deal with the packaging, go to UPS and say, hey, what would it cost for you guys to pack this for me? And then just put that in your listing for the, sh- for the handling and they'll take care of it. So... I, I am, you know, some people are saying local. I am not. I'm not a local guy. I'm willing to ship huge items. There's so many more buyers. There's so many more eyes on that item that and people are willing to pay more. And so to me, I'm always a big fan of everything. I've done the local game. I mean, you've seen me. I've, I've sold, a, I sold a locker the other day uh, locally. Now, if I could get that shipped somehow... I probably would have put it on eBay because I would have gotten more money on it. So it all depends on the time. It all depends what you're willing to do, but you will always get more money on eBay than you would on, on offer up and, and local. And for the most part, there are times it's even across the board and you just yeah. got to figure out what it is. Yeah. You got to also consider fees and shipping, right? So, um, 
somebody might be willing to pay a certain amount for it, including shipping. And so selling it locally, you might be better off because you can take that little bit of a cut and reach those buyers and you're getting cash in hand and you're not paying that 13% fee through eBay, right? So if you're not going to make at least 25 to 30% more, it might be worth it just to go local. I think that's a good point. I see that. Uh, Yana Reseller says, we appreciate you too. You're, you help us tremendously. Thank you for the $2 super chat. And then Frank uh, has a $5 super chat and said, boys, can you break down your listing process for efficiency? Yeah. You want me to handle this one? Yeah. I mean, everybody's going to be a little different. Um, so Orlando probably has the better answer. So I'll just quickly go through mine. Uh, but maybe I have one good answer today. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, we like to do a lot of pictures. So we're at a place where we have enough death piles. We, we, when we source, we're going to get like, Hey, I'm going to get probably seven to eight pairs of shoes, several pairs of pants, a couple of hard goods. So I wait until I have a, a good enough stack. You know, I'm still sourcing. All right, now I've got 10 pairs of shoes. So I'm going to take pictures of all of them, right? So that way I'm done. I've got all the pictures on my phone. I know Orlando lists on the computer. We primarily list on our phones unless I'm doing like a whole bunch at once and I'll do it on my computer. Uh, but then throughout the day, it's like, all right, I'm going to sit down. I've got a little bit of time. My son's taking a nap. I'm going to list five items. Uh, and then I just go through those pictures. And what I do is I also take a picture of any, I'll write down notes of any any um anything that i want to include so if there's a flaw that i want to make sure i mention uh sizing or any specific details that um i want to make sure i mention i write that on a piece of paper i actually bought like a boogie board for this so that i can like erase it and it's like a permanent paper pad that i constantly erase i take a picture of that with the pictures and then as i'm going through it's like okay this is oh yeah this has this blemish or this problem Um, and i just list them on my phone um and then I already know what tote they went into because I marked that on the piece of paper too, as I'm taking pictures like, okay, this is going in tote T5, right. For, you know, this section of the room. Uh, so th- then I can do my custom SKUs as I'm doing the listings. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm very similar in all of that. I'm a big fan on, of batching things together. So if it's a bunch of shirts, a bunch of shoes, if it's stereo equipment, if it's, you know, whatever it collectibles, like do it all at the same time. And I'm a huge fan of self similar. So similar, so similar, so similar. But here's the thing. A lot of people use templates. You can use templates. I like so similar because it's really easy. I just go to one of the listings. Let's say I'm doing I'm for, for the sake of whatever sketch or shape ups. I already have all the keywords I always use for shape ups. So for instance, when I do, when I sell shape ups, one of the keywords is I misspell sketchers on there. Just in case people don't know how to spell sketchers, I put it in there. T C H E R S. Right. And so I, that's one of the things I do. So all I have to do is I got to change maybe the color or the model number. I just got to delete the pictures. I put the pictures and usually my condition is the same. Usually my shipping's the same. And so I always do sell similar. The other thing I would say before you even get to the listing, make sure you have your shipping policies and your business policies all streamlined. So you already know if I'm selling shoes, like for instance, for me, all my shoes are. I just say medium flat rate and I charge $11.99. Now, I may do that in a bag. I don't say medium flat rate. I just put priority mail $11.99. So if I got to go medium flat rate box, I'll do that. Or if I got to do it in a bag, I'll do that. If I have anything that weighs less than a pound, I already have my first class shipping set up and how much I I, I don't charge is free shipping. So I have that set up. Sometimes I have certain items where I'm trying to be competitive and I see that there's half people that ship and they charge and half that are free. For that one, I have my priority mail $9.99 already set up. So have those shipping policies already set up. But the easiest thing to do 
is so similar. You can fly through listings. I can probably get done on a good hour. If I'm flying through things and I have a lot of similar items, probably 20 items listed, I'm not even fast. There's people I know that could do a way more in an hour. But make sure it's so similar. Don't start a listing from scratch. Like that will slow down your process. And the, only, the reason I do it on the desktop is there's a lot more options to fix things. Sometimes when you do it on the phone, it doesn't give you all your options on there and you run into problems and you don't notice them till the item sells. So hopefully that helped. All right, Clay Can, 499 Super Chat. Thanks so much. Says thanks for uh, for the super kind and encouraging words in your IG reply to me when I told you all I quit teaching. Oh yeah, no, I <laughs> and the thing is we understand. Like when when you are when you have to walk away from the classroom, like we we get it. We I'm hundred percent all about education, but there are times when it's time to walk away. So get that. So it literally has helped keep my anxiety down. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing somebody else go through it is is definitely a plus. So mm. Oh, another super chat from all right. Wade Kway Shop says, wow. "Appreciate all the hard work that both of you do for this community." Oh, thank you guys so much. Uh, we're we're so beyond blessed today. I mean, uh, thank you guys so much for for just all of the the kindness and and support here. Um, I, we we really do have the best listeners, watchers. Uh, we do out there. 100%. You guys are great, and uh, and and like you know, some of you are saying, you know, we, we provide some, some good ideas and tips, but I think there've been probably more good ideas just come through the chat and, and the community and, and as a whole, uh, we learned so much from you guys and probably half the stuff that we talk about on the show are things that, that other people have showed us through, you know, the community people have called in or reached out to us on Instagram and told us something. So, you know, we really, really appreciate you guys. Hey, Greg reinforces what I said about sketchers on here. So he says, I do the wrong sketcher spelling after realizing there are as many soldiers the wrong spelling keyword. It's true. It's true. So hey, going yeah. back to... What's that called? Fat Thumbs? Yeah, there's a Fat Thumbs website. We've talked about that before. Just Google Fat Thumbs and, and they'll, they'll search incorrect spelling. You can put save searches on there too for those. Mm -hmm. I like what Texas Treasure says. Easier to do item specifics on the computer. It Very is. true. And actually, I've been trying to fix my required ones. And for a reason, when I do it on my phone... Hmm. It's been glitchy lately. And here's the other glitch. Have you had this glitch? Whenever you have multiple of an item, like it, it, it ends up, you know, let's say you have five and you sell one, it should say four. It'll still say five. Hmm. I've had four things. I've had to message them and say, I don't know how this happened. I'm so sorry. But unfortunately, I have, you know, this is not available. Da, 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 da. So let us know if that's been happening to you. It's been real. I've had uh, Lisa Kiki's mom has told me that she's dealt with a lot that a lot and a few too. So, hmm. by the way, real quick, Wayne Kway Shop, I, I think you have just as much knowledge about Harley and other stuff as as I do. And by the way, a lot of people lately have been calling me the Harley guy. I just I just know what well, I know from watching other guy. YouTubers. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So I, we can all I think learn. especially with this beard now, he's got to get up. And like he, 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 I got to learn to ride my bike first before I'm working on it. Yeah. Honestly, though, a, a motorcycle in, in a lot of ways is easier to ride than a, than a bicycle, you know, you just, choo, choo, choo. you know, choo, choo, but choo. I mean, you, you, you will want to have the confidence for that. But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I could, if you guys think Orlando needs to get a Harley or at least a motorcycle, I mean, if he's going to sell the Harley stuff, you got to at least, but then, Here's what's going to happen. If he gets a Harley, he's not going to sell any of the Harley stuff that he buys. He's going to become a Harley collector. And then my business will go under. Yep. And then, and the next thing you know, you know, we're, we're all trying to figure out a way to help Orlando out here. Okay. All right. We got to move on with the free seller topic. So, Hey, this is a interesting story. Amazon bribery. 
this is a crazy story. Now eBay had their crazy story, which I think eBay still wins as the crazy story with like the fake pig's head and everything else. All right. Before we get to that story though, Melissa, Oh, with the super chat, what's Ooh. going on plates. If you have no idea what we're talking about, yeah. my husband, I truly appreciate what you bring to every show. Many, many good tips, laughs and fun banter. We try. Thank you for the hustle. We when we finally get our plates shirt, um, we'll have to we'll have to use your your name as like the little you know dash Melissa. Okay, we'll share right now because at the end of the episode, what do you usually say when we're or I say peace out? and I say lates, so it comes out as do you plates. do you normally like is that something you say to people when you're like saying yeah. goodbye? So lates. growing up on the phone when we're when I was done with people, I'm like, all right, man, catch you later, lates. Hmm. Like that's just lates. our thing. All right, lates. Like that's just what we did. Hmm. Maybe it's just a West Coast Bay Area thing. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Let us know. Those of you from the Bay. What do you say? How do you guys end conversations? Peace? Goodbye, good sir. Maybe maybe that's how we'll end this episode. Be real, be relevant, be reselling. Goodbye, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you good, go. good sirs and madams. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get to this Amazon bribery story. All right, so... Six people are indicted in Amazon Marketplace bribery scheme to help third-party sellers. Authorities say they pay to get dangerous products reinstated and post fake negative reviews of competitors' products. It's actually crazier than that. Starting in 2017, the people, including two former Amazon employees, paid more than $100,000 to have listings of products and accounts that Amazon had blocked or suspended from its marketplace, which allows third-party sellers to promote and sell their products. The Department of Justice said the former employees also provided internal Amazon information that allowed attacks on other third-party sellers and their accounts, including flooding the seller's product reviews with fake negative reviews, authorities said. The defendants access contact information for Amazon employees and customers. Isn't that crazy? Is at the same time that we all have to put our names and addresses at the front of our Amazon stores? Like you can find out not where I live, but where you can send mail to if you have any mail you want to send us by find if you could ever find my Amazon store. The defendants access contact information. Three of the people were based in New York, one in Georgia, one in Cali, one in India. And then I'm gonna share another story that goes with this before we get to that super chat on there. It's kind of crazy. According to the Department of Justice, the six then paid a total of more than 100K in bribes to at least 10 Amazon employees in exchange for restoring the banned products and also in included consumer electronic dietary supplements and suspending other accounts. What? So, I mean, you know, everybody's got their own, uh, their own craziness that happens. Some people send pig masks. You know, other people make That's you bribe story. you, you know, like it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's the mafia part of the business. So we, before we get to Greg Stewart says, Rocky Mountain resellers with the 499 super chat. Thank you so much. I vote for weekly live. Thanks for everything. Hey, never know. Yeah, never, know. never know. So it'd be fun. I, I love having all you guys on here. So here's the crazy thing about this story. So I share with this that you never know what your competition is on any of these platforms, right? Sometimes, especially on Amazon, you'll see people sell stuff at less than cost. Sometimes it's people liquidating, but sometimes you're just dealing with people that have stolen goods. So back in the day when I used to work loss prevention for Target, we had a $1.2 million case. And what ended up happening is every time I wasn't working, my buddy of mine and, and me and I, when we weren't working, we'd come back the next day and stuff was missing. We're like, what is going on? Well, we found out that it was a massive employee thing that was taking place. 
And guess where they're selling all these stolen goods? They're selling on eBay and locally through Craigslist. This was back like in the early 2000s. So just be aware. The other thing is, this is why it's good for platforms to have gatekeepers. Right? Because we've always said, hey, there shouldn't be like eBay store subscriptions or insertion fees or any of that. Or you should have unlimited listings from the beginning on eBay or on Amazon. People should be ungated in everything. I think this lends to a strong argument that why you don't want all those things all the time. Now, I still am opposed to insertion fees. I think if you pay a store subscription, you shouldn't have to pay the list. I think, I think eBay is the last holdout when it comes to insertion fees. But I think for all the, for the reasons of making sure you have good products, you don't have shady people on the platforms, there needs to be gatekeepers or you have scenarios like this is, this is wild. Like this is, this isn't like, you know, somebody shilling on eBay and bidding up an item with a friend. This is major crimes that are being committed. So anyways, it's a crazy story. Yeah. Giannis, the reseller says what suspending others accounts that that's what the new story says that, they, they, they're trying to take out their competition, right? And a lot of this, I think, was private label too. Uh, you see this happen all the time. So, all right. Somebody had a question. Text Treasures has a question. Says, all of your reseller interviews, which one do you consider? Oh, I, uh, I, yeah, I was going to say, man, you, you started reading that. I didn't, even, didn't which, know you wanted to touch that with a 10-foot pole, you but you went for it, man. So we're going to say they're all good. Yeah, no, I'm, I I can't even say a best because um, each one has taught me so much. I mean, th- I think that's the beauty of the interviews we've done. I mean, we have people who like focus on auctions. We have people who focus on storage auctions. We've had people who travel and resell, people who have brick and mortar stores, people who um, are stay-at-home moms trying to sell, people who are, you know, have do real estate stuff. I mean, we, we've touched so many different things. And I think from each one, like I take like, a couple of things like, wow, like I really want to implement that. That's such a good idea. Uh, so they've all been good. But I want to know from you guys, which ones do you think were the best? Oh, we already see some names dropping on there. So yeah, I know there, there's everybody we bring on has been a strategic person. Like I've, I bring in people because some people are good with numbers. Some people are good about in, inspiring others. Some people are good about FBA. Some are good about retail arbitrage. My goal is when I, I contact people is I don't want to have the same kind of resellers on the podcast all the time. Or I sometimes try to reach out to people that haven't done an interview. Right. But here's the thing. They need to have some kind of social media presence so we can at least validate that something's happening. Mm. You know what I mean? Because it's really tough. Right. If, you know, (laughs) some of the comments on there, I'm not even going to say anything. But uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, people hit us. We get hit up all the time about like, hey, I've been recent for so long, da da da. But it's really hard because I believe 90%. But there's always, you know, the few percent that are just trying to get on the podcast. Because they want to sell a course, which there's nothing wrong with selling a course. You know, if you can make it happen and it's legit, do it. But we want to be here about sharing information, not just trying to sell a product. And so that is our goal. And that's why our podcast is free. All right. I'm going to fly through the next reseller topics. So by the way, Amazon inventory fees are storage fees are going up. If you're sending stuff to FBA, just be careful because it, well, I know, but it's it's a big it is a big deal because in October, I get jumps from 75 cents per cubic foot for standardized to two dollars and forty cents per cubic foot. That's more than triple. And there was one year where I spent thousands of dollars. So this year I am holding off 
on sending a lot of my inventory. I'm just doing it merchant fulfilled until I finally decide to send stuff in, which I probably am going to start sending stuff in uh, second or third week of October and filling up the warehouse because I'm expecting all that stuff to sell as soon as I send it in. And the other thing, I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but lately, like the name resellers is kind of fading away and it's being replaced by scalpers and price gougers. Like we know the price gouger scenario because of the pandemic, but scalpers. Well, that's a hard thing too, is reseller is such a broad category. That's like saying, what do you do for a living? Like, well, I'm, I, I'm in the market. I, I'm part of capitalism, sell online. right? Like it's such a broad thing because the reality is resellers, there's so many elements of reselling, right? There are people who are more of the scalping side or, or, and, and I'm not really a huge fan of the, the idea of price gouging because we've talked about what the free market is and is there really such a thing as that and, and how the markets correct themselves. Uh, but, but there are people who would be considered resellers. We just talked about like, there's, there's some people who scam, right? Who they create ads for things they don't really have, or they they're going and they're doing like, there are different types and, and some are, are more, seen as like a positive thing and some are seen as a negative thing. And it, so it's hard to lump all resellers together like that um, because not every reseller is the same. The person who's going and finding used vintage items at a thrift store and then finding new homes for them and things that could have been just trash and they're helping them find and be recycled, upcycling, right? Like that's a very different than somebody who's, you know, doing something else. So it, it, it's sad that there's this negative stigma to reselling because, you know, everybody has a different style of reselling and all reselling isn't the same. And so it's a bummer that there is a negative stigma to it, but you know, there really is. I, I like Clay's closet. That is a true capitalist statement right there. Call me whatever you want. I bought tickets from scalpers. Where'd it go? There it goes. I bought tickets from scalpers and they provided a service. And I'm not going to bash them. And it's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, I remember buying WWF tickets from a scalper. Like I, and I was, my, I was able to get seats with my brother front row Right. To, to, I think we watched, I don't know who was the rockers or, and Legion of doom. I mean, this is back in the day, but yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I think what's happening is we're in a, we're in a culture shift in our country. And I think part of the, the, the rationale is, is that all these companies are trying to pinpoint the fact that they don't provide enough supplies that they're not better handling with their inventory on resellers, right? This is why you see the signs at Target. This is why even even right now with the PS5, it's sold out and a lot of people are really mad, but it's like, well, actually Sony put out messages that they may be selling it today. Xbox is doing the same, right? And so, and there's actually, I think it was Nivea game card. I forget what it's called. Maybe I got the wrong name, but that one, like they sold out and these are thousand dollar items. And so I, I think it's, you know, Part of it is understanding that every business does this. Yep. When you go to Walmart, you're paying 10 times what Walmart ended up buying something and they're reselling it to you. Target does the same. Macy's, Nordstrom. It's business. Yeah. Buy low and sell high. People have to be profitable. right? Yeah. And so one of the best counter arguments is understanding that 
every business does this. I mean, you go to the mechanic, the mechanic could charge you less, but their time is valuable, right? And so they charge you for that time. And even auto parts, auto parts, like you can go directly through wholesalers or you can pay from your local O'Reilly or whatever, and you're going to be paying more because this is how all businesses run. Yeah. And specifically when it comes to resellers and when you talk about like retail arbitrage, which is where I think most of the negative stigma comes from, is the reality that people doing retail arbitrage, people scalping or whatever other type of thing that people might look at negatively um, is these are people who are helping to fix the market imbalances in the market because a place like Walmart doesn't have time to figure out what every item is actually worth, right? Like they are already trying to figure out what's the most we can make for this item. And like they can't figure out exactly like, Hey, this brand of noodles is got a shortage and the demand is really high for them. And we don't have enough of them. So we need to raise our prices to ensure that like, cause if you know basic economics, it's always supply and demand and where those two cross is the right price, right? If there's too much supply and not enough demand, the price comes like th- that's just how basic economics work. And when there's an imbalance, it's always going to be that way. No matter, even if we've just got a trade system, right? If people, if there's too much of one thing and not enough supply, the price goes down. But if you're still trying to sell it at a certain price, it's not going to happen. That's why stores have to clearance, right? That's their way of trying to fix the market. Well, the opposite of clearance is a reseller coming in and fixing the market. Hey, you've got this listed too low. There's way too much demand for this. I'm going to make a profit off of that and I'm going to provide people the service they need. And that's just part of the way it works. Yeah. So, hey, and a lot of some people are saying I call myself a liquidator. Some people are, <laughs> somebody said they're a rum drinking pirate's galley wagon, wine's lost treasure. Thank you, Moonlight Moolah. That was a good one. So, yeah. In the end, in the end, we're not doing anything different. I think, again, we just got to be clear with people. I mean, and again, it doesn't really matter. I mean, I don't I don't let it bother me. I mean, it is what it is. I will say, be careful. Like right now, somebody had mentioned that people with PS5 that are reselling, that they're getting one star reviews. And, and it, you just got to be careful because there's certain items that people are more willing right? To bash things about. If you find an item that somebody has been looking for for a long time, they're going to pay up. They don't care. But it's something that's in limited release. And the only way that you can get it is if you have a bot, then you're going to put yourself in an interesting scenario and you just got to be willing to deal with the hits that come yeah, with it. Maybe that. have a second eBay account. Or, yeah, you could do that like too. That. It's so. price discovery. There you go. That's, 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 that's genius, right? Because it's not price gouging. It's just, no, this that's just not the right price for it. Because <laughs> nobody's going to pay more for, you, for it than it's worth, right? So... Um, Another super chat and a question with it. Do you create sales goals and reach them? And what do you, uh, what do you do after you reach them? And yeah. thank you for the $5, Frank. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think, I think we're, we always, I'm really big on setting goals and reflecting, setting goals and reflecting. It's like a constant weekly biweekly process that I do. And so it's not, the reflections aren't always reselling related. Um, I don't, I don't do like weekly reselling reflections. It's more maybe quarterly, uh, maybe more often than that. Uh, but yeah, so we have a certain amount that my wife and I say look, we need to make X amount of money per month or X amount per um, per quarter in order to make this feasible, make this work. And if we see that we're getting close to that but not making it, then we adjust our our tactics. We pivot where we need to pivot. And if we're making way more than that, then we say, all right, um, what can we do to now capitalize on this? All right, do we want to invest more into um, more inventory, or do we want to take some of that and put it into IRA, stock market, other forms of investment, uh, going back to the rich dad, poor dad, uh, and richest man in Babylon and, and just buying assets with money. And so if you're constantly reaching sales goals, maybe your goals are too low. And if you're never reaching them, 
maybe maybe it's not that the goal is too high, but maybe the tactics you're using, the strategies you're using aren't the right ones. And that's a red flag that you need to adjust. Yeah. And so I have, as a full-time seller, I have my daily goals of the kind of dollar sales I need to have, but they're not goals. They're more like, hey, these are benchmarks. So I know where I'm at. And then at the end of each two-week period, I need I need a certain number to be there. And if I hit that number and I have extra money, what I'm doing with that extra money, I'm putting it into another stream. So, so lately I've been throwing stuff into the stock market just because it's been, it's been great for me so far. I mean, I, I t- t- took a major dip a couple of weeks ago with Tesla, but so I've been, I've, you know, rich dad, poor dad had a major impact on me. And so I have no, I, I do have savings, which is money that I won't touch at all for any reason, but anything extra I'm putting into other investments, whether I'm buying more for eBay or I'm putting it into the stock market or other, you know, businesses that I can slowly start. Uh, the other thing is I'm also, I have a yearly goal. So I have a yearly goal for eBay. And then I reflect at the end of the year and go, okay, how did I get to this goal? Was it because of garage sales? Was it because of bulk buys? Was it because of, you know, I ran my store different? Was I more fast nickel? And I reflect and go, how can I get that 10% higher the next year? Uh, with Amazon. So Amazon, I could literally could stop doing Amazon and I'd be okay. I could pay the bills. I could take care of everything. So with Amazon, I start looking, okay, how can I build my... So I have a certain number and the number has been getting up every year, but how can... <laughs> it's funny with the Amazon. My goal is not to lose money on Amazon. And I, I know that sounds terrible, but my experience with Amazon is... I'm, I'll share this in our future uh, episode that drops on Wednesday. Is I have a tendency on Amazon to throw a lot of money into Amazon and lose a lot of money because I think I'm going to make a lot of money. And so each year, I try to find ways how not to lose money so I keep a greater profit to myself. So I don't know if that completely answered the question, but there you go. Yeah. So All right. I, I have one more and then we're done with the reseller topics. Hey, by the way, all the data. Um, here's a new story from... The Financial Times, Christmas set to come early for U.S. shoppers as COVID-19 forces rethink. All the data is saying people are going to start buying earlier, earlier and earlier. So what does this mean? If you're thinking of ramping up in October, ramp up now, whether it's eBay, whether it's whatever platform. With Amazon, it's very possible that with Prime Day, I think Prime Day has been announced since October. I think October 5th. So think about it. You have Prime Day and you have Q4. Like... Now is the time to ramp. Don't wait. Don't think. Now, I'm not saying send stuff in. Like I'm still holding out for Merchant Fulfilled. But be aware that you may be losing a lot of money by waiting until November to ramp things up when you should be ramping up things now because all the data is saying that is the case. And that is our reseller topics. Yeah. All right. So (laughs) we got another segment. Yeah. This is is, is an epic episode. Marathon podcast. But now it's time for <laughs> some technical difficulties. Yeah, that's how fresh we are. We're so fresh. We're, so fresh. <laughs> We're not alive. I'm just going to do a bolo. We'll do the old one. So Sorry, do you sound just didn't want to show up? I guess. What can you do, right? So, all right. So, uh, oh, what's your bolo? Um, so update on the sell that I had uh, through auction. Only one of the five items sold, but hey, 20%. That's not bad. No, it's not bad. You know, and part of it again is going to have something to do with the items you list. But uh, 
So one of the five items sold, and it was a cassette like deck player, right? So like imagine like a CD player or a, like a, a, a an amp of some kind that someone would use with a stereo set. So this is the the tape part of that. And it was a Japanese brand. And one of the things like we've talked a lot about VCRs on this show, we've talked tons about VCRs in the podcast. And one of the reasons is because people aren't making VCR players anymore, right? Because there's no demand for it. So if you've got a stack of VHS, you know, stuff and maybe home videos and you don't, your VCR goes out, well, where are you going to go? You can't go to Walmart. You can't go to Target. You can't just buy a, v, uh, a VCR. So you got to go to eBay. I think the same thing is, is true with tapes. I think we overlook tapes. And I think now even looking through like TikTok and seeing like how so much like vintage stuff is coming back in the sense of like parents trying to check with their kids. Like, Hey, do you know what this is? And I saw one where like a kid couldn't figure out how to open up a cassette, so like, like a, like a, a cassette tape the case right and they're like what is this and like the kid had no idea i don't know what it is what is it and they could couldn't figure out how to open it pulled it out was holding the tape and had no idea what it was right and i think there's going to be uh or or people who are looking and trying to tell their kids and like yeah i've got i've got the old metallica cassette listen to this and they're gonna want tape players right so you know we've talked about walkmans and things like that but if somebody's got a, a home entertainment center and they've got their record player and they've got their you know, their, their FM tuner and everything, maybe they want a tape player too. So uh, it's just a bolo in the sense of it's just like VCRs because they're not being made anymore. And so if you can get your hands on them, uh, and again, not all of them are equal. Some of them are just junk. People know they're junk. They don't hold up. So if you got a 25-year-old Walmart brand, you know, tape player, it's probably not going to sell because no, they it probably will didn't sell. hold up. Will it? They will sell. I mean, mm-hmm. especially if it's new and packaged, they'll still sell. Oh, yeah. If it's new, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, and here's the thing. Don't I've shared this before. Don't be afraid to sell for parts. Don't be afraid. There's still money. I mean, the other I shared this as my hustle. I wasn't a hustle of the week. I don't know, but I had sold a old '80s uh, tape player that didn't work, but I listed it like it as if it was working, and it sold for eighty five dollars plus shipping. So, yeah, I agree. That's a great bolo because sometimes you'll pass it up i mean a lot of people are becoming more knowledgeable did you know that vinyl outpaced cds this year that makes sense and so you know buy cds anymore and vinyl has been hot for like the last five years so so yeah the thing is you got i i don't want to spend the time to learn them but if it's something you are passionate about definitely a bolo for you so yeah mary mcqueen's got her uh she's got a metallica cassette i love it you know when i think of metallica i think about wisconsin no offense to anybody in wisconsin but man metallica was like the thing that was played at every single bowling alley every time I, time i went bowling i don't i think that's it metallica is one of those bands and i could be wrong maybe i'm totally off on this but i found you know because i was totally into metallica when i was like junior high and i i found that it didn't matter whether you were country or you're into rap or pop or rock it didn't matter what you were into it was like yeah i'm really into this and then but you asked him about metallica i love metallica right like metallica everybody loves metallica they're still wearing mullets too in the year 2000 it was interesting so <laughs> uh clay's closet i you know i want to bring this up so this isn't my bolo but i think this is good it says he has two vacuums i got to figure out how to take apart and sell the parts great point so if you watched our video when i was in colorado and i i pass on an ab circle and actually, I just recently picked up an app circle at a garage sale. So I was going to go take pictures. And it's funny because uh, some, some people had DM me like, hi, it's going to be hilarious when you try to ship that. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to see me ship it. And this is why. I took it home. I was about to take pictures. And I look under and there are spider eggs all throughout the bottom. And I'm like, 
thank goodness this is not in my place. <laughs> like I brought it in for my storage unit. So I looked it up and there was like, you could sell the bars for like $25. You could sell like the, um, there's like different pieces. So I'm still going to make 50, $60 net profit on that workout machine. So think bigger, right? Think, think when it comes to workout devices, coffee machines, all those think about selling those parts. Sometimes it's not worth it. Like I, I sometimes I'll find like a Starbucks barista machine. I don't want to hassle with taking it apart and making more money on it. I just want to sell it one time, ship it one time. My time is too valuable to waste taking apart certain items, but there's certain things that are easier to take apart, which it may be worth your time. Yes. Blackberry, it was gross and it was scary. Like I'm th- like, Mm, I think they were like brown spiders too. So yeah, not not a good scenario. Those of you that know about spiders. All right. I cheated on this bolo. I'm taking somebody who listens to us as bolo. So, and it's like a hustle of the week. So it's all that combined. So Alex flip for more. And I'm wondering, no. Okay. I was thinking if they're hustle of the week in the future episode, they're not, but Alex went for more. So he came across a huge amount of not a huge amount, but a bunch of pieces of San Francisco music box company. Like there are music boxes, but they're figurines and they're phantom of the opera. <laughs> says, not the brown spiders. True. I think brown spiders are bad, not like Black Widow, but they're not good. So he found so Alex found all these Phantom of the Opera figurines from the San Francisco music box company. Now I grew up in San Francisco. And one of the best gifts to give people, whether it was your mom or your girlfriend, was something from that store. Now, those stores don't exist anymore. So you can find them online, but there's a lot of pieces that are discontinued that sell for good money. So he bought a, a, a few of them that sold for over 100 bucks, and he only paid you know 5 to $10, maybe paid up on some of them. But if you see anything that San Francisco Music Box Company, look it up because a lot of those pieces are discontinued. And the fact that they don't have retail stores, they're hard to get. And I have some of them uh, from back in the day. And I'm actually going to send one in and get it fixed possibly and try to flip it because I know it's money. It's, it's an older one that says, I left my heart in San Francisco and it plays it and has like the Golden Gate Bridge. It's really nice. Uh, so it's worth me investing the 30 to $50 to get it fixed and then flip it for over a hundred, maybe $200. So, so keep an eye, San Francisco music box company. Thank you, Alex, for sharing your technically hustle of the week, but allowing me to share it as a bolo. Yeah. Cheated over there, but I thought it was valuable. So I thought, why not? So, all right. What are you looking forward to here? Oh man. See, this is a question I should be prepared for every episode and I'm not, um, you want me to go first? What do you think? Uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. So, I'm going to be doing more merchant fulfilled or fulfilled by merchant or seller fulfilled. I, I'm really digging it right now. I think as, as a result of COVID, there's a lot more people willing to do that. And this is why. So the other day, I ordered for my son for the Nintendo Switch Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which is great. It has Mario Galaxy, it has Mario NCC4, it has uh, Mario Sunshine, which by the way, Mario Sunshine, that's a bolo. If you can find that for GameCube, it still sells for good money. So I order this, right? Usually when Amazon, when you do a pre-order, it gets there the day of the pre-order. Nope. I got a message that this shipment's going to be late and it's not going to show up. And it was supposed to show up on Friday. It's not going to show up till Sunday. But then it said something like, it's not going to get here till Wednesday. I'm like, what? No. And so what did I do? I went to Target. It was in stock. I bought it at Target and I canceled my Amazon order. Actually, 
Target. I should have said the retail store that shall not be named. So my apologies. If you've caught our last episode, you know what I'm talking about. So here's the deal. I think Merchant Fulfilled is going to be on a far larger level than it's ever been before. That's why I'm encouraging you to do it, Mike, because I, I think there's going to be a ton of money on MF. So I'm going to be doing more of that. I'm working to get my eBay numbers up to 2,500. And then I'm, I'm trying to decide when I'm going to send my FBA stuff in. You know, two years ago, I lost thousands of dollars because I had stuff sitting in the warehouse and they really didn't sell until mid-November. The, last year, I didn't send in a ton of stuff and I saved a lot of money, but then I, I have some regrets. I don't feel like I went all in into Q4. Like I made good money, but I don't feel like I made as much money as I could have made. So this year, I'm just trying to find that happy balance. So I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to be doing a lot of Merchant Fulfilled, working on eBay, and then, uh, yeah, we'll see how things go. So that's that's kind of, I know, every how many updates can you have a reseller? I'm not sure, right? New things, but that's what I'm doing right now. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything special for what I'm looking forward to other than, uh, you know, just grinding. Sometimes that's okay. Just grinding it out and constantly getting better and buying more stuff and listing more stuff and making more money. I think about it, guys. We are so close to quarter four, right? And if if sales are anywhere near they were during the pandemic, and higher, which everything I've read, everything I've seen says that this is going to be the best Q4 we've possibly ever had. There's no time. There's no time to slow down. I, I say work until you can't anymore till the second week of December and then have a nice vacation. So, and we'll talk about that in our upcoming theme episode. Hey, thank you all for joining us here on the live. We had guaranteed at least 50 viewers the entire time and more people dropped in and out. So, so, you know, it was a good amount. So especially on a Sunday afternoon, we thank you and all of you that are listening to the podcast, the thousands of you that have been tuning in on podcast. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. And thank you for the super chats. Oh man, we are just beyond blessed. So appreciate all of you. And with that being said, Hey, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Please.